Hello and welcome to the Coon Hunting University Podcast. This is your host, Tyler Duncan. And like always, class is in session. Hey y'all, so Coon Hunting University is brought to you by Superior Light Company, best lights in the business. If you don't believe me, go check them out, nighthunters.com. Use coupon code CHUPODCAST at checkout and receive almost $20 off Hellcat Max. But that code is good for any superior light on that website and the battery tester, which works with the Hellcat Max. So go over there and check them out. So today I have the pleasure of being joined by the 2021 PKC World Champion, Mr. Joe Manning Jr. It's only a few days after the world hunt. Man, this is an awesome interview. I know that everyone's going to love it. Mr. Joe's an absolutely fantastic guy, and I've really enjoyed getting to know him better. So we're going to talk about his coon hunting story. We're going to talk about goose. We're going to talk about everything that went into the world hunt. We're going to talk about where does he go from here. Man, he gives some great insight, and everyone should listen to this. I'm serious. This is an episode that is just, it blew me away when I first talked to him, how he is and how he carries himself. It is just outstanding. I've heard other people say that he's a really great guy, and it is true. One thing that really struck me about him was his enthusiasm towards coon hunting still at the age of 51 years old. I mean, I know that you're going to have enthusiasm to win the world hunt, of course. Just you can tell that he is always enthusiastic about coon hunting. So I'm not going to keep this any longer. Mr. Joe's going to be joining us virtually. Without further ado, Mr. Joe Manning Jr., ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Joe, it's great to have you here. And first off, I'd like to say congratulations on your most recent win, the 2021 pkc world hunt that is absolutely outstanding man thank you tyler mr joe if you could please tell the folks that are listening to this a little bit about yourself okay uh i'm uh 51 years old i've been in the oil and gas industry for uh, about 28 years always been an avid hunter as a child growing up Anything that could be done with a dog, we, we had dogs. We had cow dogs, hog dogs, squirrel dogs, and coon dogs. So I, I had a great childhood as far as being with a hound or a dog. And we also had a squirrel dog registry in the late 80s and early 90s. Did a lot of competition squirrel hunting and uh, coon hunting as well. But uh, I've always had kind of a soft spot for the coon dogs and hounds. So how'd you kind of get your start into coon hunting? I guess... um Oh, when I was six or seven, eight years old, somewhere right in there, um, uh, my dad and his friends used to carry me a lot whenever I'd give out hunting with them at night. And in the late 70s, we moved to Huntsville, Texas, and uh, and started going to a few UKC hunts. There was That was primarily all there was back then, but They'd have a lot of gray dogs at those hunts, and that's what we had, uh, English dogs, but they they were gray dogs, and there'd be as many gray dogs there as there would be registered dogs. Uh, started going to a few of those, and probably around the mid-80s, we swapped over and started hunting walker dogs. Um, and, uh, of course, those were registered, so we were at a hunt somewhere every weekend. I'd say, you know, that there'd be 50 or 60 dogs at a lot of those hunts back then. Yes, sir. And you kind of got out of coon hunting for a little bit, right? I did. Um, I always kept a coon dog, but I didn't competition hunt for a while. I uh, I had a real confining job and was uh, had to travel a lot with it. Was gone, so I really couldn't devote the time to a hound that I needed to. Um, and uh, 
and did competition hunt there for a good while. And I guess somewhere around 2005 or six, things slowed down for me a little bit and allowed me to uh, have a dog to uh, to push around in some of these hunts a little bit, and uh, and it just kind of grew from there, uh, from from a hobby to an obsession. And that that's awesome, man. So, what have kind of been some of your accomplishments prior to you know your most recent win, of course? Well, I, I've had multiple PKC state titles, state leaders. 2012, I placed ninth in the UKC world when we had it in Shreveport, Louisiana. And then also that same year, I placed seventh in the AKC world when it was in Crittenden, Kentucky. Um, uh, those are probably some of the bigger accomplishments. Yeah, and you were kind of saying how the world title had kind of eluded you a couple of times, right? Yes, you know, I really felt like it had. Uh, you know, you don't get those opportunities to compete at that level very often. And I felt like I had probably used up my chances of ever being able to obtain that title. And um, that's why this win here just means so much. It, it, uh, something that, uh, that I'd kind of worked towards. Yeah, really um uh extremely hard for about the last fifteen or sixteen years. Yep, and you thought they were all used up until the goose got loose, huh? <laughs> yes, sir, how about that? I uh I had made the comment to a couple of people and I told Cole Saturday morning that if we could get through that heads up round and get to that final cast that uh that we would win it. I just had uh had a lot of confidence in him and he was just really operate right. He was focused. And uh, I'd got in early that week, so he rested all week long. And uh, I, I believe that that played a big factor in it. I sure do. Yeah, for sure. So kind of tell me about Goose and, you know, how would you come about him and what style of dog is he, how's he bred, you know, all the good stuff. Okay. Um, Goose is out of Mojo Mason and out of a dog of uh, Jim Gelvin's called Fat Girl Slim, which – uh She's reproduced with everything that she's been bred to. Um, and of course, we own a littermate sister to Mason. So I've been familiar with that line for quite some time. Uh, but Cole and I started hunting together about the first of this year. He was relatively new in the coon hunting, competition hunting. Um, had coon hunted some as a kid, but He's a very good dog man. That's his forte. He can take one and mold them and tweak on them and really knows how to get the best out of them. But he had called me in January and um, asked me for some help. So we kind of got together and it just evolved from there. We we have a lot of the same goals in mind, uh, a lot of the, the, the same feelings about the dog. And, uh, when we we got started with Goose, he he was struggling. That one to two years old with some of these dogs is really hard on him. It, it takes a little bit of time to evolve, but we knew that uh, that he was special and was going to do some big things. We just had no idea that it was going to happen this fast. One thing I really like about this dog is he's got the ability to treat any type of coon. If they're on the ground, he can treat them with the best of them. If they're laid up, he can pick his head up and uh, tree those that other dogs don't know are, are around. And he has a desire to tree coons, not just make trees. He wants to have a coon. 
he's one of those type of dogs that just really wants to please you. I have made the comment to uh, one of my friends, Jeremy Michaelis, that he kind of checked all the boxes for me. And uh, he's one of those just once in a lifetime kind of dogs. Yeah, that's for sure. And you got to give Scott Engel some credit too, as far as two world champions off of Mojo Mason in two years. That's pretty impressive, you know? Absolutely. That, that line of dogs is uh, really showing out, you know? And, yeah. And it's he's putting them in some great hands, obviously. You know, they're getting fed to the right people. I'm surprised he hadn't come up there trying to get goose from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, he, he already knows he'd probably be wasting his time uh, there, of course. We're, we're going to do something that he wants us to do any, anyway. We're, we're going to continue to promote goose, and uh, uh, he's going to be in the, the hunts on a regular basis. That was always our intentions, and, and those haven't changed. Yeah, so – what were Goose's struggles, you know, that you, you had to straighten out? I mean, I think that's an important topic to touch on, too. It, you know, Goose probably lacked uh, a lot of confidence because he was corrected too much for too many things. So what, what we did is we slowed everything down. We worked on one problem and one issue at a time. And uh, as, as we got that one back going, he kind of fixed and excelled in some of the others and he's not a man-made dog by any means he's one of those that just he moves around so good if there are some shortcomings somewhere he makes up for them in a hurry he's one of those type of dogs that's that's just going to make something happen and that that's awesome and obviously it, it shows with the score that you put up in the final forecast we'll talk about that here in a minute but that was extremely impressive man it really was so what all did you do to prepare goose for the world hunt you know like let's talk about two weeks in advance or a week in advance you know what all did you do so um of course hunted him by himself primarily which is how all of our dogs get hunted up uh, by themselves on a regular basis if we cut one one way and one the other and they just don't ever get together but we just tried to keep goose happy we knocked some coons out to him. We always stopped on good notes, and uh, and we let him just be a dog. We didn't try to hammer on him. We let him be good and rested, although we hunted steadily for the two weeks prior. We just let him be good and rested where he felt good and he was prepared for it. I made the comment to a couple of people, I don't know that I've ever taken a dog to the world and been more prepared than I was with him. I just felt very confident with him. So kind of walk me through, you know, the week at the world hunt leading up to the final forecast. Well, of course, uh, Monday night, we were fortunate enough to, uh, to get in both, uh, both rounds there. Our early round, it had been storming rain winds were high. And, uh, our first round, the Frankie dog, the English dog, uh, out of Tennessee, Treat a coon right out of the truck, right on us, uh, for a hundred and a hundred. And, uh, I had struck for 75 and was just, um, kind of trailing around the country. Um, we had another female that had treated coon behind us. So things weren't looking really good. And Frankie got treated again. We, uh, we headed into Frankie and goose split treat from him. Just a short piece. Frankie didn't have a coon there and, uh, was recast and we, went to Goose's tree and shined his tree. And 
I found some heat in the thermal, but never could make a coon look. We uh, we scored another tree of Frankie's that was right beside Goose during that time. And uh, as we were shining that tree, got him cut, Frankie trees again. Well, there, we're, we're talking about uh, four trees in a hundred yard areas. So while we were shining Frankie's last tree, Goose's coon and his previous tree looked at me, so I didn't get to score that coon. Um, we uh, we scored Frankie there and uh, got him recut. Goose got struck across the highway and got a coon tree with about 11 minutes left. So that was how our early round cast uh, ended. Our late round cast at uh, Micah Markham and Oreo. And uh, uh, Oreo did really well this year. It looked really good on that cast. As we cut loose in our final cast, Oreo struck for 100. And um, uh, our other two dogs struck um, uh, the late night bow show, Heather Island's dog, and um, a Lucy female. I hadn't heard a word out of the goose. Uh, he finally gets struck for a quarter further in the country. And uh, uh, we score Lucy, and she's got a circle tree. We go to Oreo. Oreo's got a coon for 200. Did a great job on it. And uh, we just stood out in the cornfield there, and we were kind of laughing and cutting up about how terrible our dogs were looking, um, just kind of wallowing tracks around. And I noticed on my Garmin, Goose picked up, cut across a bean field, got to the next corner, and just flew across another one. And when he got to it, I, uh, he rolled up just like he always does. And I treated him. We went in and scored him. He had a coon, and I got recut. The Lucy female treated a coon across the field from him. So I'm still behind the whole way. As we recut Lucy, she fell treed right in front of us again. And uh, Bo was treated at that time. We went and scored Bo. Bo had a circle tree, and Goose was just trailing right-handed to him. So uh, at that time, Oreo got treated again. And uh, uh, Kenny Tresh, our judge, sent Micah to go handling. We went back to score Lucy, and on the way to score Lucy, Goose got treated again. And uh, if Lucy's got a coon, there's no way that I can even beat her. So I just uh, I asked Kenny, our judge, if he could hear me. He he did. So I got Goose treed in. Well, we went and scored Lucy's tree, and she had a den. Had a lot of heat in the thermal there. We felt like she probably had it in there, but never could make it look. So uh, Kenny sent me on to handle Goose. I handled Goose, and they came and picked me up or, or came along walking and uh, picked me up before we got, went to uh, Micah's and we scored mine. I had a coon, so that put me in the lead. Now, Oreo was treed behind a house, and we really felt like she'd have a coon there. Uh, got in there, and she was up a big oak tree, acre tree, and uh, couldn't find the coon, so that was how I was able to advance on Monday. Just everything worked out the, the right way. Uh, just very thankful, for sure. Yeah, that is awesome. So, is Goose used to hunting in that type of environment? Like, you're talking about bean fields and, and you know, thin stretches of woods. Is he used to that? Uh, no, sir. You know, um, he uh, he was started in that type of country, but I often make the comment that you have to want a coon hunt to coon hunt in Texas. Our country's thick, and it's tough, and uh, a dog really has to uh, – has to hustle around and and um and get in a lot of these yopon thickets to tree coons and uh, uh so 
it's not that he hasn't been there, but that's not where he's been hunted at most for certain. Yeah, and it's it's real impressive for a dog to be able to transition that much. You know, going from hunting in a, you know, like you said, thickets to hunting the edge of fields and still just dominate like he did. Yes, sir. Yeah, and that that goes back to they should treat coon wherever you turn loose at, right? That's exactly right. That that's uh, what they're trained to do. So we were on the late round. That was when you got in. You got in on Monday, right? Got in on Monday, yes, sir. Okay. So what about your quarterfinals and semifinals? I'll run you through everything that happened in our early and late rounds on Friday. Of course, I drew Casey Stellar in orange. Really nice dog. And uh, I drew the gypsy female who had just put on a good show that week. And I drew the blue dog of uh, Dwayne Matlock Friday, storming, pouring down rain. Um, we uh, we drew out and uh, Chris Lowe judge and guide this we uh we cut the dogs loose in the rain and of course they hustled in there pretty good but goose stayed right there close to us and got struck just right at the minute and worked around there about five minutes and came treed so i treat a coon out of the truck for a hundred and a hundred and um that proved to be all that i needed to do uh, at that point like i said the wind was blowing terribly bad and we were hearing dogs but they absolutely had to be with the wind. And uh, when I recast Goose, he got back behind us. So uh, chances of me hearing him were just going to be slim to none. Casey's dog had treed in a brush pile. The blue dog treed a circle tree. And uh, Gypsy treed a slick. At that time, he withdrew, and we had recast Orange. Uh, Orange treated a coon for a quarter and a hundred. Then uh, we were able to hear the blue dog, so... We went back to the last place that we heard him, and uh, Orange was able to get recut. With 25 seconds left in our hunt, Orange came tree, and Casey got him tree. Casey's known for having good dogs. I mean, uh, just some of the best. I mean, they've got a great track record. They always have a good dog. And uh, he was nine-tenths of a mile over there. We scored the blue dog. The blue dog had a coon. And uh, we, uh, we're we walking to Orange. And I know he's going to have a coon. There's no doubt in my mind. We get over there in a cut cornfield, and he's right on the edge. As soon as I put my thermal up there, I found that coon. And uh, I let the judge know, let Casey know. And we never could make that coon look during shine time. I hate it worse than anything. Like I said, that that dog deserved to win because he treated another coon, but, uh, but just couldn't make him look. But David Dial told me, he said that he hated it for Casey worse than anything, but he said, no one has ever won this thing without getting the break. He said, that was your break. And, uh, so our late round, I drew out with, uh, Colton Ingram in deep and, um, had Sean Welch with Cell. And um, I had Jeremy Hoochin with Cracker. Absolutely a great cast. We cut the dogs loose. Cell struck for 100, Cracker for 75, Deep for 50, and um, and I was struck for a quarter. Deep gets treed immediately, and uh, as we're walking to him, Cell gets treed right-handed of us. Right before we get to Deep, I get treed right in the same area that he's at, but 
didn't really know that, that he hadn't slipped in there and covered it. Uh, but we get in there and they're 15 foot apart on trees that don't touch. And, uh, each one of us have a coon. So we go to recut and he trees cracker, which leash locks us. Well, as we walk back towards where cell was treed at, cell had left and took a minus. So we were able to cut. We went to cracker and, uh, cracker was treated on a persimmon and took 175 minus. So just a couple of minutes after we scored cracker, goose falls treed back behind him. And, um, we go in there and he's got another cane. He gives me 250. We get him cut again. Cracker gets treed and cracker has a cane. So we get cracker cut again and jail cell is treed. We go score cell. Cell had a big tree that we couldn't find anything in. And, uh, that left us with about 13 minutes left and cracker was treed again. So we proceeded over there to him and, um, Goose was treated again, but I didn't have to treat him, but he also had another coon there. Just, uh, everything worked out, but man, we had just an awesome cast. That's one thing I'll say about all week. We, we just had great people and good dog work and, and, uh, uh, just had, had, had very, very pleasurable casts. Sounds like really put on a good hunt and really provided y'all with some good places and put y'all in some coons too, huh? Boy, they certainly did. It just could not have been any better. Um, yeah. it takes a lot of work to put on a hunt of that magnitude and, uh, Shane Pat, David Dahl, Vern, everyone there, they, it just, uh, uh, every little bit of contribution that someone puts in just helps that thing to, to excel year after year. Yeah. Like you said, thank them for that too. Cause I think that gets overlooked sometimes and, and a lot of work goes into it. Yes. So, to me, that shows a lot about the person that you, you are when, when you said you found that cone and you immediately went over and told the judge about it, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying that people don't do that, but, you, and you understand what I'm saying though. I, I think that that means it shows a lot about you and how you were really disappointed that that dog, the orange dog treat another cone. And to just talking to you the way that I have people that I've talked to about you, I can tell that you're, you're really being sincere about that. You know, you're not just saying that. And I think that shows a lot about your character and your integrity. Coonhunting University is brought to you by Superior Light Company. Use coupon code CHUPODCAST at checkout at nighthunters.com. If you're in the market for a new light, do not overlook Superior. They make the best light in the business. The Hellcat Max Flat Dark Earth Edition is awesome. Comes standard with the new and improved high-intensity green laser Come standard with the newest design and dual walking light modules, offering the brightest walking lights currently available on the market, bar none. And it comes with your choice of red or true amber or double red color module technology. The Hellcat Max new module design reduces weight without sacrificing burn time or brightness, resulting in an overall weight of just 20 to 24 ounces, depending on your cap selection. The Hellcat Max offers the newest battery technology, which allows for five hours of continuous main beam burn time on the highest setting and over 10 hours of highest auxiliary light settings. All controls can be found on one easy nine positions click switch. And all superior lights come with a two-year warranty are made right here in the USA. So check out superior lights. Use coupon code CHUPODCAST at checkout at nighthunters.com. Thank you to Mr. Jamie, Mr. Sam at Superior Lights. 
for supporting Coonan Universe podcast and making this podcast possible. So I ask all the listeners, if you could, please go over there and support Superior Lights. Use the exclusive discount code that is only available to Coonan University podcast listeners, CHU podcast. Superior, step up to the max. Now, back to the show. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, <clears throat> what was going so... Okay, we'll go. Okay, the final forecast. You're headed to the woods. What's going through your head? Well, um, you know, I, I, I've got a lot of things, a, a lot of emotion, uh, knowing that I've got a lot of expectations and weight on my shoulders. But I'll tell you something about things with Cole. We can take losing just fine as long as the dog operates the way that it's supposed to. Um and uh, I had made that comment to him that if we got to that final cast, that we were going to win it. And I had all the confidence in the world. And, of course, I, I knew one of the people that would be in that final cast to be Dustin Wheat. I mean, he wins everywhere he goes. He always packs a good dog. He's a competitive handler. Um, he's uh, he's the one to beat, no, no doubt. And uh, it was just uh, it's a whirlwind of emotions rolling in, that's for certain be there with a young dog and um, to maybe have an opportunity to achieve something that I felt like it eluded me. And I was, well, I couldn't, I couldn't have been more excited. Just walk me through that final cast, man. I mean, <laughs> tell me what happened. Tell me what was, from your perspective, what happened. What, what I believe it played into my hand was it got cool. And uh, that was the first cool night that we had had. And I felt like those coons were going to be setting up. And, and I knew in the event that they were, that Goose was going to be able to treat them. Uh, he, he'll pick his head up and just kind of float through there. We, uh, we, we turned those dogs loose. And I don't know that anybody really listened to, uh, that podcast that Backwoods Heritage put on, but I, I would recommend that anyone that wanted to hear something miraculous, listen to it. We uh, we turned those dogs loose. And just a few moments after we turned them loose, we could hear some geese flying over honking. I was afraid to say anything, so I just I kept my mouth closed. But we turned those dogs loose, and uh, after the minute was up, Marv got struck for 100. And uh, just a minute or so later, Goose struck for 75. So we got into a little field, uh, walked a little bit closer so we could hear better, and Goose was treed. So I was able to tree him. During that time, Jack got struck for 50. And um, we start that trek in there to Goose and uh, get to him and get him handled, and they find his coon immediately. I was walking out to recut, and um, Jack gets treed right close to where Goose was. Uh, so I walk in, cut back toward where Marv is trailing at, and um, Casey's able to uh, uh, tree Jack. We go in there to score his tree, and um, I don't know if it was all the the lights, the commotion with everybody being there, but as we're going in there, he moved over a tree, and uh, it took a minus. So we backed off of him. Casey let him settle there just a minute, got him retreated. Um, and... Uh, during that time, Goose got struck back in, and uh, Goose and Marv were kind of working in the same area along the edge of the lake. 
whenever Jack's time was up on his tree, we went and handled him, and he had a coon. We pulled him off. Dustin got Mara treed, and just a few seconds later, I treat Goose. Uh, they were course split. We go into uh, Mara, get him handled. He's got a coon. Gives him 200. We go over about 70 yards from where Marv is at, handle Goose, and he's got a coon. That gives me 300. And uh, we walked over and we cut those things. Of course, we're in some, just some of the best hunt that I've ever been in Illinois. It's just fantastic. Uh, got paths cut through everything. It's good, flat, clean woods. So we recast those dogs, and it was quiet for a minute. And um, we're just kind of talking back and forth. Uh, and Goose gets struck. I get struck for 100. And it's not just a minute that he rolls up tree. And uh, guys are kind of joking a little bit back and forth about Goose finding him another one. But uh, anyway, Brad ran the stationery on me a few minutes. I just I didn't have any pressure on me to treat him, and I wanted him to be good and settled. So uh, he treated about three minutes in there, and I went on to treat him. We proceeded in there. And uh, Jack got struck for 75 on the way. Uh, we get in to handle to handle Goose, and uh, he's got another game. Uh, gives me 500. And uh, <clears throat> Jack gets treed right-handed of him and really kind of funneled in. I, I cut Goose, and he didn't get struck. He kind of worked around that area. Anyway, he ends up uh, on Jack's tree. I, I never treat him. I, I got struck, so I, I was struck for a quarter with a line. Uh, but I did handle him on Jack's tree, and uh, we'll go in and Jack's got a circle. But during that time, Marv had got struck for 50 and was working in that area. So I think we had about 24 or 5 minutes left at that time. And uh, there would have been a lot of things would have had to happen for me to lose. But, of course, you know how that is. Those things can play out in a certain way, and, and you can get beat. But we cut those dogs uh, back into Marv, and Jack just goes a couple hundred yards and falls tree. And uh, uh, we wait his time. We go in, and Jack's got a coon. That, uh, that gives him 175. Dustin's got 200, and I've got 500. Well, when we got Jack cut back to the dogs, I got goose struck for a quarter. And um, he was about seven-tenths uh, away. We were in some little rolling hills, so Brad wanted to get to an area where he could hear a little bit better. We got a little bit closer, and, uh, of course, Goose was treated. He ran the stationary on him, and I, I just treated him immediately. There wasn't any sense in me letting it run down. So we we had that stroll on in there, and uh, nothing else got treated during that time. We go in, and Goose has got another cane. And I, I, I've got to be honest, I, I, I really feel like that's the way of, championship is supposed to be one i think that you should have a dominant dog you're a team out there and you certainly have to protect one another and and do your part with it but i honestly do i i, I told one of those panel members that before we turn loose i said it's just me and this dog i said what everything else does is everything else i said but i just want to worry about me and this dog and uh well i'll tell you what it, it from that point on, it you know uh, it's just been a whirlwind of uh, things. It's it's just an absolute great, great feeling. And 
when in the cast, I know you didn't, you don't want to get cocky. You're in that cast, but when did it kind of become a reality to you that you were about to win the world hunt? When Goose treated his third coon, Brad Durham came to me and he said, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to jinx things for you. He said, but did you hear those geese honking when we first cut loose? I said, I did. I said, and I didn't want to say anything because I was scared of it jinxing me too. But this kind of feel like that was probably a sign from God that, uh, that it was going to happen. And to be honest with you, Cole and I have a dog that we feel like was more seasoned and would probably be in that position before goose. But it just kind of lets you know that, uh, God's got a bigger plan. Yeah. And, I agree, and and just listen to you talk. It seems like Goose is the type of dog that can treat any coon. I mean, not maybe not an extremely cold track or whatever, but it seemed like he treated coons close. He had to go over there and treat a coon. He's laid coons up. You know, he kind of did it all. He didn't just win the world hunt doing one thing. That's right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, he uh, he's just got a lot of talent, and um, and, and still has. You know, he's he's a young dog. Still a lot of seasoning that needs to uh, be there, but uh, you know. Deuce is going back to work tonight. Um, that, that's just, uh, that was always our plan. You know, uh, he's too fun to hunt to, to just lay up and not hunt anymore just because he's won a world title. Yeah, and that that's awesome. That, like you said, that's the way a championship should be win, won. I know I, I made this comparison to you, and I'll make it on here. To me, that was the most dominating performance in animal sports since Secretariat won the Belmont Stakes back in the 70s by you know, I mean, it was just that type of performance to me, you know? Uh, well, I, I certainly feel uh, uh, humbled to uh, to be compared to, to uh, Goose being compared to Secretariat winning the world. I'll tell you what, that's uh, that, that's that's great. I, I, I appreciate that a whole lot, I sure do. Yeah, and I mean, to me, that's that's what that, – that was what that performance reminded me of. But so what does it personally mean to you? to be able to win this world hunt? Well, it, it, at my age in life, I, I, I don't think that there are going to be that many more opportunities. It, it's one of the checks off of my bucket list, one of the things that uh, uh, that someone only dreams about happening. Even now it seems very surreal, but man, I just I couldn't be more happy for the dog. I'm, I'm tickled that I want it, no doubt. But, you know, uh, to see something kind of evolve and put things together and uh and know that they have the capabilities but knowing that they have the capabilities and be able to accomplish them are two different things um but when it all comes together it's just it's fantastic so who are some of the people that have had the greatest influence on your hunting career up to this point well of course you know my dad absolutely has to be at the top of that list um um and carried me on his back, coon hunting. Um, and of course, uh, we, we had mules too. So when I got big enough to ride a mule, uh, that there I was, uh, uh, doing that as well. But he's the one that I, I kind of make this comment a few times that, uh, he, he gave me a, a disease and, and, uh, man, I just, I have, have such a great desire and passion to mess with these dogs uh so that that's really all i want to do but you know you some of the the ones that i was around as a kid guy manning um herman husband 
Tom Hopkins, Bo Kelly. Um, uh, those guys had a big impact in my life because they were winners whenever I was just getting started. Um, they, they, I, I talk to some of them fairly often and, um, and it's, it's, it's really good. Of course, they, they're, uh, they're, they're some of my biggest supporters, just like I was theirs when I was coming up. Um, I thought they were just, uh, they were the greatest thing. I always led a good dog and, um, and they were always winners. Yeah, and that that's awesome how the roles kind of reverse and that they're showing you support now. I think that is that's awesome for the sport of coon hunting, you know, just in general. Yes, sir. yes. Sir. Uh, so what's next for you in your hunting career? Um, I'm gonna just continue uh, doing what I've been doing, trying to keep these dogs tuned up, keep a young one coming on. Cole told me last week he was fixing to get started building me another one. He's just a really good dog man, and uh, we have intentions to keep hunting goose, and we think the possibilities are endless. We uh, we we've got some goals that we want to meet, but it's uh, achieving this one so fast. Uh, I don't know that we'll be able to top it. But what we're gonna do is uh, um, just continue to try to hunt good quality dogs and uh, and build some more and try to stay up there in that winter circle. Yeah. And so for Goose, are y'all going to plan on start breeding him, start advertising him at Public Stud yet, or are y'all going to wait on that? What's the what's the plan on that? Well, Public, no. Um, a few select females, we probably will breed uh, uh, AI only, but uh, we, uh, we feel like he's bred to be a producer. And, of course, uh, uh, with this win, everybody wants to, uh, wants to breed to him and, and see if he's going to, produce like we think that you will but uh no, no live breeding and, and we plan on hunting just uh every night like we have been that's awesome so do y'all have what's the next big hunt y'all have planned for uh we'll be at a pro classic in quapaw the fourth fifth and sixth uh quapaw oklahoma that's uh that's some of the absolute best coon hunting you ever go to and i'm real excited about taking him up there we had a win there with him earlier in the year that's great. That, that's awesome to see that y'all still, that you, you still have that enthusiasm about him, still have that drive to push him further. You know, who knows, he might win two world hunts. I mean, be, be like old Duke, huh? Absolutely. Uh, I know uh, David Luckett was tickled to death when he won that second one, but uh, we hope to win it. We we certainly feel like we've got the uh, a, a couple of dogs that are capable of winning it. We're going to stay after it. That's awesome, man. It really is. So, and you kind of, you talked about this the other day when we were talking, but what do you say to the guys that are out there that are looking to start competing at that high level? You know, what, what are, what are some things that you would tell them? You know, uh, probably the first thing I'd tell them is you've got to, uh, take a dog and study him a little bit and figure out what their high points are. Uh, polish on those high points instead of necessarily trying to man make them with everything. But you bring those suckers, uh, to work every day and you clock in with them and, um, uh, you, you build a relationship and a foundation with them and let them not be scared to make a mistake because they're just like we are. They're, they're going to make mistakes, uh, every day. But you, uh, you correct on those in the right way and, and I'll tell you what, it's just a wonderful sport. 
I uh, I, I developed a coon hunting family that's and they're they're as close to me as my my regular family. I just uh, calling and checking on me. I talk to coon hunters more than I do anybody. Five or six times a day, some of my good friends, you know, uh, call and and uh, we'll discuss dogs. That's pretty much my life. So what were you kind of saying about setting goals for, for yourself and for the dog? Well, it's extremely important to have goals in life, not just this, this coon hunting. If, uh, if you set some good goals in your life, you're going to achieve anything that you want to do. As long as you log the time in, you give God the credit for it's due. I don't think that there's anything that someone can't accomplish. I'm proof of it this late in my career uh, to be able to accomplish what I have. It's just an absolute blessing. You know, when we first started talking about what we had plans for, for Goose, we knew that they would be long-term goals. Uh, we, we, we didn't think that it would happen before he was two years old. But um, as long as you can establish those and work toward them, doesn't matter when. It's all in God's timing. If you stay diligent toward it, it uh, I believe that anybody can win at any point in time in their life. Yeah, and I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a preacher, you know. I'm I'm a Christian. I don't believe I'm a good Christian. I don't, or or I know I'm not at least. But I feel like with God, you know, you're praying to Him. I always refer back to the to the story with the farmers. You know, you had both farmers were praying for rain but only one of them prepared his fields and, and planted his crops. You know, which one do you think truly believed that God was going to bless him? You know, That's you got, right. <laughs> you kind of got to meet him halfway like y'all are doing. You know, you're hunting the dog hard. You're pushing the dog. You can't just sit there and pray to God and expect him to bless you if you don't meet him halfway. You know, that's, that's, right. that's just my opinion. That's where the goals come in, you know? Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. And I, I do appreciate you saying that. I really do. And Mr. Joe, it has been an honor. It really has. It has been an honor for me to be able to conduct this interview. And I, I just cannot thank you enough. And I know that people are going to love to hear this and, and to hear your story, yours and Goose's story. And I just think it's awesome, man. I really do. Well, I certainly appreciate you having me on here. Um, <clears throat> and, and I appreciate getting to, uh, share some of those blessings uh, with everyone else. I hope they get something out of it. Oh, I'm sure they will. And do you have anything else you'd like to say or anyone you'd like to shout out before we get off of here? Uh, just uh, my old buddy, Cole McVay. I want to thank him for keeping us some, some good hounds to uh, achieve uh, what we've achieved, and uh, we're just getting started. Yes, sir. That, that is awesome. Well, Mr. Joe, I do appreciate you coming on here, and I thank you for your time, man. Thank you, Tyler. Have a wonderful day. Yes, sir. You too. Bye. I really hope y'all enjoyed that interview as much as I did. If you like what you heard here, go on over to Facebook. Give us a like, at Coon Hunting U. Also, go to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review. It really helps us out. And remember, if you need a new hunting light, do not overlook Superior. They make an awesome light, best customer service in the business. Man, their walking light and double red is the brightest I've ever seen. Use coupon code CHUPODCAST at checkout at nighthunters.com. You can find the link in the description box below this. Coon Hunting University is a product of Audio Hound Productions. Until next time, y'all have a wonderful day.